This is post number five, lives of quiet desperation and getting to know your dragon. In quotations, lives of quiet desperation. I've seen this phrase come up a few times in recent months and I tend to pay more attention to things that keep poking their head into my reality. Life likes to give us little hints, little clues and signals to help us along the way if we stay present and open to receiving them. In my experience, it can show up as a pattern of what constantly comes up in conversations with people. Certain sayings continuously show up or even animals appearing, particularly birds, directly into your awareness. And even a picture or an image that catches your attention that seems random, but at the time it weirdly makes sense. There's a quote from Henry, Henry David Thoreau and it reads, the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. This is from one of the most famous philosophers of his time when he was living in the woods contemplating life. Now this quote spoke to me very loudly. It provoked me to really look at my own life and how I was living. Sure enough, I realized, holy shit, I was one of those men that Thoreau spoke of. I was living in a quiet desperation, seemingly all good in the outside and having it together, but on the inside, I was unfulfilled and yearning for more. I had a good paying job, plenty of friends and a social life. I would take a few trips throughout the year, but I still felt empty. One very effective way to get me through that painful feeling was the notion of everything was starting to change. And then I would see someone on the internet doing something similar or what I'd like to be doing and I'd think, oh, I'll have that one day. I would then picture myself in this fantasy of living a certain lifestyle, but really I was just dangling the carrot in front of my face without ever actually getting closer to it in reality. It was way easier for me to fantasize and avoid that feeling of emptiness rather than being stressed out because I'm not living up to my highest values. Sometimes I would sit down and tell myself that I was going to create a roadmap and put a plan in place but then I'd feel overwhelmed and not even know where to start, so I'd find something to distract me like watching a movie or reading new material or going out with a friend. When I really sat down and looked at this happening in my life, I realized I'd, be, I'd been doing it for a while. Whenever the painful feelings would come up of not doing what I truly wanted, I would just remedy that with the fantasy of where I was going in the life that I would have without actually taking the steps to get there. Now as a side note, it's great to visualize the life of your dreams, but I was using that only as a protection mechanism in order to escape feelings of inadequacy. I wasn't supplementing that with any plan of action or making measurable progress. I was still in the exact scenario as the year before and had done little to change that. Some people have fantasies like that, and some people use drugs or alcohol to drown out that inner voice, that uncomfortable feeling. Some fill up their calendar with social engagements. There's all sorts of ways to avoid the void, and I have tried many of them successfully. Social media to me really reflects this nowadays, where people are projecting this life that they know isn't really what it looks like to people observing it. Other people then see that and they try to project the same thing to make their lives feel more meaningful and happy. A vicious circle of inauthenticity ensues and then spreads like a virus. 
I am so guilty of this, and I know many of us are, whether we want to admit it or not. But behind the posts and the pictures and the videos, there sits the empty vessel still wanting more and knowing that they're pretending more than anything. Now, are there people out there living a lifestyle that's fulfilling and they're loving every second of it? Sure. But I think that's a way smaller number of people compared to the pretenders. I was a pretender and still am in a lot of ways, but the first step in really getting your power back is admitting that that's happening. Not judging yourself, not labeling yourself a failure over it, and not thinking that you haven't done enough. No, no, I'm talking about having a loving and honest conversation with you. Asking questions like, am I really moving closer to a life of my design? Or am I in the same place as last year just hoping that things will change on their own because I don't really know where to start? What can I do differently than yesterday to get some momentum going in my life? I absolutely know that I don't want to ride on this complacent merry-go-round anymore. I'm thankful to have this realization in my life and I honor myself for having the courage to press forward because I truly love me. I'm going to take charge of my life and take actions that bring me happiness and feelings of momentum. I deserve to feel good because I love myself so much that I'm going to put my focus in all the things that make me feel good and I will not let old thoughts and behaviors sabotage that love for me. So you start to realize that time is passing you by and the void inside just keeps growing. It's the feeling of emptiness that you won't tell anyone about, even the ones that you love because that is the ultimate vulnerability. Admitting your weakness when people perceive you as strong and having a good head on your shoulders your projection of a balanced and stable outside is growing increasingly incongruent with what's happening internally, hence the quiet desperation. If you were to look at the QD as this big dragon that's been torturing you with fires of complacency and guilt for not having lived up to your potential, I think a powerful step is to acknowledge it and then reframe it. Reframe it not as an enemy that you're constantly battling with, but as your ally who is actually trying to push you forwards towards your purpose in the life that you came here to create. Reframe it as a parent who's just taken the training wheels off and put you in a, p a position to either get hurt and fall off the bicycle or thrive. The floaties are off and it's time to sink or swim. But this dragon can only communicate through feelings, and since you have ignored the soft tones of encouragement for years now, it's unleashing its strongest flames to get you to finally take that leap of faith and ride without those training wheels or without dad holding on to you safely. I believe that we all have a purpose that we were born with, and we possess a unique set of skills and qualities that will help us achieve that. When we are more in alignment with that path, we tend to feel good. Also, clues from the universe. Little indicators that you're moving in the right direction, just like that game that we played as kids where you get close to what you're looking for and the other person says warmer, and if you go further away, they say colder. Similar to Marco Polo. Good feelings are getting us warmer to what resonates the most within us. 
I'm going to say that again because it's really important. Good feelings are indicators that are getting us warmer to what resonates the most within us. Follow these good feelings. They will lead you in the right direction. When momentum is created, we have a sense that we are on a mission and we wake up more inspired every day to take more steps closer. And now even as I'm writing this, I feel as though that I'm making progress because I have a high value on writing and expressing my true self and sharing that with other people. I think it's important to sit with the dragon and get to know it and try to understand what it's trying to get across to you. Now just to clarify, when I say dragon, I'm, I'm talking about the unsettling feelings, the, the emotions that don't necessarily feel good and the ones that we try to run away from or avoid. I found that for me, I was feeling really low about myself for a long time because I was filling my day with things that just weren't that important to me because I was delaying the work I knew I needed to do and not listening to the inner voice that made me feel guilty that I hadn't been doing what I knew I needed to. Now guilt, when I say it there, it's, it doesn't need to be a bad thing. It's just, to me, it's a feeling of motivation. It's something that's telling me that there's more important things for me to do and ways for me to work towards my purpose rather than distracting myself. So anyways, it was much easier to distract myself and do other things so I didn't have to deal with an uncomfortable feeling. Since I've started to reframe how I look at it, when the feeling does come up, I am more apt to embrace it like a friend that knows I have more inside of me and I can do better. I'm grateful that he's there to give me that. We don't like when people make us feel uncomfortable and call us out on our shit, but really those people and those inner feelings play the most effective roles in our lives. They help us get ready to really change. They give us the energy to move outside of our everyday patterns and to finally take notice. Surrounding yourself with a bunch of agreeers and obligers won't get you anywhere. People will say, I get those feelings, but I don't know what to do about them. I haven't identified what lights me up in life yet. And I think to find that, you look at what energizes you the most. Sometimes I see people absolutely light up when they talk about comic books or movies or TV shows or stories that they've read. And it seems that there's an emotional signature to what is really important to you by how you feel when you're talking about something. I could stay up all night talking to people about human potential, law of attraction, ancient history, sports and fitness, and philosophy, because those are the things in my DNA. Time flies by when I have a good conversation with someone about those subjects. I had a six-hour drive with a good friend of mine recently where we talked about consciousness and the struggles that we've had in life and the different lessons that we've learned from them, and it literally felt like we were in the car for 25 minutes. We were both blown away when we realized that we had almost reached our destination. Another powerful tool to use is remembering what you were really into as a child. Now, I loved being outside and going on hikes and climbing trees. I loved being in front of people and making them laugh during skits in middle school, and I would always be excited for the parts of the skit that I knew were gonna get laughs. 
I have since then reconnected with that side and started doing stand-up comedy and public speaking and going on big hikes and camping and having a blast doing all of those things. These are the little indicators of who your true self is and what makes you happy and really be in the present moment. We are not thinking about anything else. Now, these are the things that you want to pay attention to and reconnect with. And I think that you'll be surprised to see where they bring you. What did you do for fun as a child? What were your early interests and activities that brought you joy when you were little? Connecting with your inner child equals discovering more clues to your puzzle. Much love and thank you everybody for listening.